One of the things that often most appeals to people about churches like All Saints is how timeless they feel. I don't know about you, but when I step into this building, I often have trouble remembering what year it is. It can seem like time has stood still in this place for generations, that we've been doing things the same way forever and ever. And indeed, as of yesterday, All Saints Church has officially existed for 156 years. We officially incorporated as a church on September 16th, 1867. And in many ways, we still live inside the vision and the hopes of the men, because they were all men, who signed those papers on that day. But as much as a church as old as ours connects us to the past, make no mistake, the only reason we still exist after all this time is because for 156 years, we have actually been on the move. Following Christ is a journey, not an extended stay situation. Previous generations of people who were part of this church followed him through the twists and the turns, ups and downs, that life can present. And now, it's our turn to be brave, to keep moving forward, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of those who will come after us. If you're relatively new to All Saints, or even if you've been here for a long time, you might not know the history of this place. So let me give you a brief one based on what I have learned over the years. I promise it won't be too, too long, but it's actually very interesting. All Saints was founded at the beginning of the golden age of Park Slope. The Civil War had ended just two years earlier, and Brooklyn was feeling confident. We were still a separate city from the rest of New York. Prospect Park opened in the same year, and gracious homes were beginning to pop up near Flatbush Avenue. As the area grew, a small group of Episcopalians on the southern side of our neighborhood decided that St. John's Episcopal Church up the street just couldn't suit their needs. And besides, it felt like this previously sleepy area that had been farmland just a couple of decades earlier was about to become a big deal neighborhood. Sure enough, the Brooklyn Bridge opened in 1883 and Park Slope boomed. People who were seeking residences that were cheaper than in Manhattan learned that they could commute into the city over the bridge. And by the 1890s, Park Slope was, by some accounts, the wealthiest residential neighborhood in the United States. The original All Saints Church building is located at the corner of 6th Avenue and 7th Street, right at the bottom of this block. It's now the home to our friends at the Seventh-day Adventist Kingsborough Temple. But as more and more brownstones were being added to each block, it was obvious that the church needed a bigger building than what was previously called All Saints Chapel. The cornerstone of this building was laid by Bishop Littlejohn in 1892. 
And in his sermon on that Sunday, he said presciently that All Saints' location on 7th Avenue would ensure it a prominent place in the neighborhood permanently. After the First World War, Park Slope became home to a large number of migrants from Atlantic Canada. They moved here to work in the Brooklyn docks in Red Hook. They brought their traditions and their staunch Anglican faith with them. We recently buried the last of them, Miss Vera Crane, who at the age of 107 was a member of this church for more than two-thirds of its history. Suburbanization changed the neighborhood yet again in the 1950s, and Park Slope, along with the rest of Brooklyn, became home to new New Yorkers who were arriving from the Caribbean. Beginning in the 1970s, the same demographic pressures that are affecting all mainline churches started to take effect. As the children and grandchildren of former church members either moved away or stopped going to church altogether. All Saints moved away from its traditionalist Anglo-Catholic liturgy and embraced the charismatic movement in the 1990s. But by the 2010s, the church was ready to step into a new chapter. It focused on offering its longtime gift of warm welcome to invite a new generation of members. We revived our choir, expanded the Sunday school, and committed ourselves to full inclusion of LGBTQ plus people. Our congregation has roughly tripled in the past decade, and we can't wait to see what new and wonderful people the Holy Spirit brings to the doors of this church each and every Sunday. So that's a brief survey of the deep history of this place. If you have more questions, you can talk to me or someone else who knows more than I do after the service. And as you can tell, it's never been a single group of people who had a single vision. I don't believe anyone here, and please correct me, but I don't think anyone here is related to any of the founders of this church. I'm not sure anyone here could even name any of them. Instead, All Saints has always been, and God willing, always will be, a spiritual community in the body of Christ. We are bound together not by blood or ethnicity or tribalism. Instead, we are bound together by the Spirit of God led by the gospel. We are a people always moving forward, no matter what the challenges in our way may be. And history has proven that bonds as tight as those cannot be broken easily. I hope this all sounds familiar because it's a story that's told over and over again in the Bible. This morning, we heard the story of the Israelites' escape from Egypt, one of the most famous stories in all of Scripture. The journey to freedom was a dangerous one, and it meant having deep faith that God would lead the Israelites through impossible challenges. Yet, with a prayer and an outstretched hand, Moses did nothing less than part the waters of the Red Sea 
His people passed through with dry feet to the other side. And when their enemies pursued them, he closed the water back over them, ensuring their safety. They were free. But that wasn't the end of the story. It was just the only way for the story to continue, to allow them to keep moving forward, to move on to the next chapter. That's a lot what it's like to be a parish family. You have to keep moving forward. We do it not just because it's the smart thing to do, but because it's the only way to actually be God's people. Think of Jesus. He certainly didn't sit in one place waiting for people to come to him. He didn't stick with one idea and let other people try to convince him otherwise. He was constantly moving, going from place to place, having encounters with new people. He disregarded ethnicity and even religion, binding people together in his message of radical love and inclusion for all people, and that that's what the kingdom of God looks like. Of course, he visited Jerusalem several times in his life, but he never stayed there. So if the Son of God can keep moving and growing, evolving, changing, and adapting, so can we. So the question for us this Founders Day is, where is God leading us to next? What are our next passages as a people? Well, just now we went over some of the deeper history of the church, but I think it's appropriate on this September 2023 to revisit a little bit more of the more recent history of the church. I think when future generations look back on the history of this and all churches, there will certainly be a chapter about the pandemic. And even though it's not something that we're really talking about actively as a society, Because church is kind of more of a traditional type of organization, we are still feeling it in our midst. I think back simply to last Founders Day. We weren't even sure if the choir would still be able to sing. We weren't sure if people would still come back to a congregate setting like this one. We had actually just lifted the mask requirement. Think back to that. And yet, Our faith brought us through an entire year. And we're almost back to the same level of engagement and participation as we were before the pandemic. But you see, it's taken three long and hard years to get there. And it's only by the patience and the faith and the perseverance of the people that we've been able to achieve that. Of course, we can still feel the effects of the pandemic, and as the body of Christ, we still feel the woundedness from that period of time, even if it's not something that we choose to dwell on very often. But that's all the more reason that All Saints is called to continue to be a place of healing and renewal. And we have to remember that in this next chapter, There is still a deep memory in the back of all of our minds from the trauma that we've experienced over the past years. Because in that period of time, we had time to think and reflect 
and take a look at the things that we really value in life, it turns out that some of the greatest things in life are those that we lost during that period of time. Community, beauty, togetherness, a sense of meaning in the face of meaninglessness, and above all, something to have faith in. All Saints provides all of those things. And now, on the other side of the pandemic, we're so much wiser to our need for those things. As the school year is beginning, I'm thinking especially of our children and of the children in the community. I think it's really only in this school year that we're starting to see the full effects of what home learning and online learning had on our kids during the pandemic, how difficult it was for them and the amount of strength and patience that they themselves had to find in order to get through that period of time. That's all the more reason why we, as a parish community, are doubling down on our children and youth programs, and more importantly, on the love and patience that we are showing them week after week and year after year, because we want this to be a place for healing for them, too. Where else is God leading us in this period of time? What other passages stand before us? Well, church is always all about God and about God's people. And the story of All Saints Church, as you've heard, is one of different groups of people coming to this place and finding a spiritual home. So I wonder, who will be the next group of people who will find a spiritual home here? All Saints has been very active in refugee resettlement as we resettled a family from Afghanistan and are preparing to do so yet again. We're active in criminal justice reform. We're outspoken on other issues like climate change. And after our service today, we will send out a group to go march in the annual New York Climate March. But I wonder how else we can open up our hearts to people in our communities who need what we have to offer what kind of explicit welcome we can make, what kind of invitation we can boldly offer to people that we might not have thought of as part of our community. As you can see, there's plenty of room in these pews for more folks to enjoy the same things that we enjoy. We are seeking more of the gospel in action. So, we in our generation are going to have to interpret the gospel so that it makes sense in our time. There are so many definitions out there in the media and in popular culture about what Christianity is. And so many of those messages don't actually make sense to a lot of people, and they're turned off by it. But we know the liberating words of the gospel to be ones that open us up to the truth to freedom. So how can we interpret those words to our Park Slope, Brooklyn, and New York communities so that they will fall on ears that can actually hear them and benefit from them? Not for the sake of converting people or turning them into people who are like us, but because we're doing the same thing that Jesus did, offering words of liberation. 
Here's another passage. As I mentioned, previous generations of people at All Saints built not just one, but two entire church complexes, the one on 6th Avenue and the one here. I wonder, how are we being called to steward these resources of buildings that have been entrusted to us? The vestry and other parish leadership is just beginning a study and discernment about the use of our parish buildings, and especially of the building right next door, which contains our offices and the gym downstairs. And we're wondering how God might be leading us as a community to steward that resource more wisely, so that it can benefit not just us, but the wider congregation and our Park Slope community. There is so much in front of us. And the most exciting thing about being someone who is part of a people who are on the move is that there's always a new chapter on the other side. For all of its 156 years, All Saints Church has been a church of people who were not afraid to keep moving forward. Not afraid to look the new opportunities in the face and to say, we greet you. And that is exactly what we are doing in our own time. I think it's especially appropriate on this Founders Day that we are celebrating a baptism, welcoming a new member into this particular household of faith. Matteo Gende, in just a few moments, will be baptized at the baptismal font at the back of the church. On this Sunday, when we hear the story of the parting of the waters of the Red Sea, it is those same waters that we will use to initiate him into the Christian faith, but more importantly, to recognize him as God's beloved child. You will be invited to come to the back of the church and witness this sacred event. And as you do it, I invite you to think for a moment that maybe he is the one who, like Moses, is leading us into the next chapter of our history. Mateo, if I'm not mistaken, is about five months old, correct? Three months old, even younger. That's amazing. So think about what kind of world you want for him when he's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old in the year 2100. That's the type of world that we are building right now. And it is our privilege to be able to build the type of church that we want for Mateo and for his children and his grandchildren. By God's grace, we will continue to move forward, moving in the vision that God has for us as a people. This is true, of course, not just for our parish church, but for each of us in our own individual lives and for us as a people. But it's only by continuing to move forward in faith that we can reach that next chapter that God has prepared for us. May God give us grace to take up the opportunities that stand in front of us. Amen.